0: Well, we're here at the Intelligent Content Conference, and I'm here with Nick, who's from Arkansas, right? <laughs> Absolutely, my yeah. accent
1: will give that away quite quickly. Born and bred, yeah, Arkansas. And trailer parks of Arkansas, yeah, yeah. and
0: that's a no. But you're from you're from England, and you are the co-founder and president of Lookbook HQ,
1: right? I am indeed, yeah. So I am English but uh, but I've been living in Canada for about 8 years now and uh, the company is based in Toronto. Oh
0: great. We went to Toronto last summer and first time there I'd never heard of poutine. Okay. And so we we drew, we were like we got to try this poutine thing. I'm like what well, is it? Isn't like gravy on fries I'm like Seriously, so why is Canadian bacon here? Why is poutine not a thing, right?
1: <laughs> it is good. It is a Canadian national delicacy. It's We're amazing.
0: Cheese, gravy, fries. Yeah. Like, where can you go What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong with that? Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to start boycotting restaurants that don't serve it. <laughs> but um, so give us a little bit about your background. How would you get started? And what kind of made you say, you know what? I think I'm going to form a content marketing platform.
1: Um, oh, golly. Where to start? Well, I guess, say, so Mark, uh, who's my co-founder and our CEO myself, both of us have spent all of our careers in B2B, and we've all done that difficult job of trying to convince people to buy things. Yeah. Um, and the way in which both of us have done that, whether or not it was sales roles or marketing roles, was using content. And so we became obsessed with, with how do we actually move someone through a sequence of content, and most importantly, the right content for yeah. them in a way that works for them and in a way that works for the marketer. And what I mean by that is knowing that that Bob, our prospect, is actually consuming that content, that he is educated. Because one of the conceits in marketing, which, uh, which is something we're, we're helping our customers with, and we have uh, our customer base includes about a hundred B two B mid market enterprise okay. marketing yeah. teams, companies like Cisco, Thomson Reuters, ADP, Polycom, Rockwell Automation. Yeah. Who was speaking this afternoon with us uh, in our in our case study session. Um, marketers have been trained to become obsessed with a click but bob doesn't buy because he clicks on something yeah. like that was just the offer for the ad yeah uh was rather the content offer the email the display channel the linkedin sponsored update whatever it was that's really just an ad mm-hmm. through to a piece of content and so we became obsessed with what happens on the destination side of that click and specifically how do we use the kind of moment of attention that we've generated how do we use that? To actually give them the right content that they need, and, and
0: and it's cool. How do we facilitate kind of content binging? Yeah, and so you've developed a platform that allows for is does it become the CMS? Does it integrate with the CMS? I mean, how does this thing
1: operate? Uh, so it works. It works with the CMS, yeah, uh, and it works uh, very well with all the other channels. Particularly, I mean, one of the things about B two B is certainly for a lot of our customers, if they put all the content that you needed on their CMS, the whole thing would end up like a reference library. Mm-hmm. Like Rockwell Automation sells over 10,000 products. So yeah, the, the, the CMS typically kind of our customers' websites are best designed for kind of top of the funnel conversion. How do I take anonymous prospects and turn them into someone that's, a, that's now a known member of my database that then I can nurture? Yeah. So you think about how many dead ends there are on a website, right? Like I click through to a hosted PDF. Well, that's, that's a one and done content experience. Yeah. If I want anything more now, I have to go kind of back to the beginning and, and search again. The architecture, the kind of the CMS architecture isn't set up to enable content binging yeah. on, a, on a kind of persona basis. Everything's structured around kind of products and solutions and prospects don't necessarily relate to that. And again, what about all the content that you need them to engage with that isn't on your CMS, for starters? So yeah. that third-party review, the video that's on YouTube, sure you might be able to embed it, but how do we bring all of that together mm-hmm. and to create a coherent narrative across different content assets? How do I basically move you around the web, maybe that includes part of your CMS without a shout out, but this web page, that third-party article, this, this white paper or PDF yeah. this video etc cetera. Right? that's a content journey Bob buys because he engages with yeah. that because he consumes it and because he becomes
0: educated so you guys as I'm trying to figure out how this works you are you're facilitating these these journeys around and your 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 system is then collecting data back in and feeding Absolutely. it back to the CRM or whatever the tool is to yep. then showcase here's where the journeys are and then also from the end user they're seeing where to go next yeah so how does that experience work <laughs> well, you got me think, <laughs> as a developer i'm thinking <laughs> like cookies and with domain trust and like where you're uh, and all this stuff like what? well there's some there's some secret
1: yeah. sauce in there but essentially what our what our platform does is is two things really well the first is to always make sure that the next best content asset or assets are available in session mm-hmm. So one of the ways you might want to do that is to curate something we have kind of like a behavior driven or we have like a, something that's actually kind of looks and feels more like LinkedIn Pulse. where mm-hmm. sure I'm reading this, but here's some other related content yeah. on the left hand side. Uh, we might want to trigger some kind of next offer after they spent 45 seconds reading it. We might want to land someone on say nine things in aggregate and let them choose what it is they want to engage mm-hmm. with. So we kind of think about the kind of consumption side, like what the prospects use. There's a whole different types of styles and some of them are optimized by channel. One of the things that we've recently launched is actually a kind of machine learning version of that too. Mm -hmm. Where that's particularly designed for anonymous prospects and really kind of content discovery. Okay, so we don't know enough about you to tell you a story. You click through to this content asset. So what are the next best assets to put next to that and basically let the machine figure that out. Yeah. Our algorithm looks at, well, what's the relationship between this content asset and the other content asset? Mm-hmm. What have people historically engaged with kind of as the next best thing? We're working constantly to make that smarter and smarter. Yeah. So that's the kind of the next best asset side of things. And then the, the other side of it, to your point, was um, the engagement metrics. Mm-hmm. So actually, did Bob respond to this? Because as marketers, the way that the way that we've been kind of grown up the Martech stack over the last five years is it's been, it's been really focused on the channels. Yeah. And so the marketing automation platforms, for example, they, they've got the database, they're really good at email, they're very good at orchestration across channels, essentially, the kind of, how do I run a campaign? But they deal in the channels, and they don't deal in what is a marketer's primary asset, which is the content. Yeah. And so we typically kind of inject ourselves into things like lead nurture campaigns, I've already structured six emails over six weeks, 10 a.m. on a a Thursday to 10,000 people. Email one, advertises content offer A, Mm -hmm. wait one week, send email two, advertise content offer B, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that'd be great in theory if you had anything better than a 2% click-through rate. Yeah, Because the master's doesn't support (laughs) exactly. Bob is going to engage six times every Thursday at 10 o'clock with your content and and be a marketing qualified lead at the end of it. It doesn't happen. So if we do get Bob to click on something, why on earth would we not give him the option of maybe accelerating through that nurture track here and now? And then we don't need to send him emails two or three or four because he's already he's engaged organic. with b, c and D. Yeah. And so we're tracking that and we push that data back into the marketing automation platform where it can be used for yeah. acceleration, lead scoring, and fundamentally flow through to the sales guy because yeah. I'm sure we've all had the experience where...
0: Oh, my God, I just filled in a form. And I got a call. And I go, oh, I am not and I, I'm not smarter. I freaking eat the guy alive. Oh <laughs> I'm like, let's talk about why you're such a crappy sales dude. It's a terrible experience. What gave you the All I wanted was a PDF. What made yeah. you think I was ready to buy enterprise class software? I mean, Absolutely.
1: Whereas if you just spent 10 and a half minutes across three content assets, yeah. that's a very different class of click and a class of engagement. Yeah. So the channel is going to tell you that Bob and Sally both clicked on the email or the display ad or a non-A or a non-B. Both cost you 15 bucks to deliver that display ad. They're one of the 0.07% that clicked on the display ad. We're going to tell you how good that click was. What did you actually do with it? How educated are Bob and Sally now as a result of
0: that? Exactly. And there's, I mean, with tag management, with, You know, tools like Lucky Orange or Crazy Egg, you can get to the data, but you gotta go get to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You gotta dig for it and you gotta know what the hell you're doing, especially when it comes to tag management. Yeah, for sure. And it's just it's hard. We need better tooling, right? And so that's where you guys come
1: in. So actually, I mean we use Crazy Egg ourselves on our website. And one of the things we do is to is to look at the drop off rates using Crazy Egg. And then Essentially, we have, uh, we have something called Website Promoters, and it runs as an overlay on top of our website. Mm-hmm. And we use that to trigger content offers. So on our homepage, for example, it's kind of uh, like 800 pixels down the page. We trigger this because we know, based on Crazy Egg, that's where people typically drop off and leave. Like yeah. 97% of our website traffic, standard and B2B, leaves without taking any form of action. Yeah. But when I trigger a content offer as like an exit mode yeah. for them, well, that has a six percent click-through rate, yeah, and that's phenomenal because that's taking that's taking traffic that was leaving and turning it into actual engagement with our content.
0: And I love that it's it's a, a further journey step, not a please sign up for my newsletter, yeah, yeah, right? Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like, let's just get past the dating stage and go straight into relationship. It's... I want to email you for the rest of my life, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that it's just like, there's gotta be other calls to action yeah. besides please be my
1: friend. I'm a massive fan of ungating of content. I don't, I think landing pages are unnecessary. I think they're a construct. I mean, typically you've just clicked on the email Someone takes you to a landing page and, and it, it contains exactly the same information that the email did, but now there's a bloody form in the way. Of yeah. it. So why would I possibly want to make it harder for you to engage with my content? Because I can do the de-anonymization and figure out that you're Bob, yeah. and tell you that Bob just spent two and a half minutes reading your white paper. Don't need the form to do that. And then we can actually do things, smart things in our platform, like pop a time-based form. Mm-hmm. So Bob's just spent 10 minutes across three content assets. Why don't we then trigger something to say, do you actually want to put your hand the whole way up, Bob? Do you want to talk to sales? Yeah, Because those forms, that's, that's the best possible type of form, Phil. Yeah. They've, they've engaged with their content. They're now in a position that they can voluntarily... Uh, move themselves to the next stage of their relationship
0: with you which is what they want in the end anyway right they want they want to be the ones in control of it yeah and not the intercom io pop-up saying hey you want to be my friend do you have any questions right and you know i mean we've seen marketers just need to go into their favorite stores and and when the salesperson comes up to them say were you ready for that engagement right if not then take that home with you and say what am i doing this Yeah, yeah 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 And then when you are looking for somebody and you're like, where are the people? I need help around here. Yeah. And that's what most websites are, right? Yes, absolutely. When you get to a place you're like, I really want to learn more. I just don't know what to do. And am I don't want to call somebody, right? Yeah. I'm yeah, in yeah. the store. I don't want to yeah. call somebody. I in want fact, to know
1: what to do. I, mean, I can't unfortunately tell you who it is. But our newest customer, okay. this is kind of hot of the press, as of two hours ago, is a large CMS provider. And so they've seen enough value in that. They know what they're set up to do, and then yeah. they do some things phenomenally well. But they don't do what we do, which is kind of the almost like the web-like effect off the CMS to start mm-hmm. to tie this all together.
0: Yeah, and I think that still a lot of marketers really don't understand how the web works. No. And they don't understand the, the value of having links out and links yeah. in and, and actually going out and, and putting good, rich content out in other locations and then having that be a part of the journey, yeah, right? Absolutely. And driving back to ABM, yeah. I know that's something you guys
1: focus on. Yeah, yeah. we've got some pretty solid ABM uh, successes. Because I think it, what, what's really interesting to me about ABM is it's kind of bookended by two very strong databases, right? Mm-hmm. So who are my target accounts? Who should I be marketing yeah. to? And that's uh, an awful lot of the predictive vendors can, can help with that. What is my ideal customer profile? Who fits it, et cetera. And then the kind of the other end of that is, well, what are they doing? the interesting thing is, is, how do we change our marketing in the middle? Right? Mm-hmm. We, we know who we should be talking to, and hopefully we can track kind of what they should be doing using tools like Engageo or uh, Marketo's ABM solution, for example. In the middle there, it's like, right, well how do we actually then start to deliver the right content to the right account at the right time? Yeah. And uh, again, there's a, it's, it's possible to take demand-based as a customer, for example. It's possible to take some of these feeds kind of uh, to, to identify kind of anonymous prospects from key accounts and then make sure that they end up in the right content experience that is tailored for yeah. GE, say, yeah. uh, or uh, something entirely different like um, Glaxo for a pharmaceutical type of experience. Yeah. Like, these need to have different different uh, case studies, right? How do we make it relevant to that? How do we basically look at that in an account? And then how do we roll up that account engagement data say, well, here's what the anonymous people have done, here's what the known prospects have done to date, what are they missing? Mm-hmm. Because at that point, then we can start to get a better idea out of well, what, what, what remaining content do they have to see to be able to reach like a consensus buying committee decision. Yeah. So I, I think that's absolutely fascinating, but oh, absolutely. I'm a nerd.
0: <laughs> I mean, but it is, like, it's finally like the nerds and the, the marketers are gonna to come together and really talk about what has been available the whole time. Yeah. Right? yeah. And what we've been all we you know when we build little skunk work projects and stuff like that we're always playing with data we're always doing these things and it's like we just need the project yeah. to actually go out and want to do it and and then we need to have customers be excited and ready to engage with customer with clients yeah. um, that they are you know not just looking for the quick easy win or the quick easy form or you know to because i think that's the thing that kills technology is when somebody says i want to build it myself i i want to put together my own marketing automation path or i want to put together my own forms and so just give me a a forms tool for marketers and it's like no let's actually make sure the data gets put in the right place and gets sent around and if we know something about that person let's pre-fill some of the stuff Yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah I mean, one of the things I've been hearing loud and clear at at, uh, at the intelligent content conference is the need for um, need for a kind of central repository for the content where it where it can be can be made actionable. And then I think if you follow that through, what we also need is is what's the data set that we're going to train artificial intelligence against? Like, mm-hmm. Watson's working with H and R Block, for example. Because IBM trained Watson on the U.S. tax code, which yeah. must have been a barrel of laughs. Oh, yeah. Like, so, and the, I think the question for us is like using AI and kind of a machine learning, obviously, within marketing, what's the data set that we're training it against? Yeah. And that's one of the things that we're basically doing with our customers at the moment is building out that data set for them using this kind of rich engagement data because then that in combination with some of the machine learning algorithms that we've got, well, that becomes phenomenally powerful. Yeah, because we've got the success stories. We know what good is, et cetera. But without that, yeah, it's I don't not, know what we do.
0: It's not just scrape all the text and then find the, the patterns and stuff like that, yeah, right? It's yeah. we need to know more than rich text fields, right? What content goes here and Absolutely. how it all works.
1: I mean, I've got a really simplistic way of looking at it because I'm not an engineer by background. Um, and sometimes I like to uh, tease our own engineering team that this is one big Excel file, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately it's not
0: for the avoidance of doubt for anyone listening. If it's modern Excel, it's an XML. <laughs> it's there. You just gotta undo no, the zip yeah. file and look around. It's not. There's
1: some there's some yeah. fancy stuff in the back end. The um, what I think I think of it as really interesting though. Like there's a Vista model. Mm-hmm. So who's the person that's showing up here? Like what do we know about them? First party, third party, etc. And they're, they're engaging with a piece of content or they've clicked through to a piece of content yet to be seen if they actually engage but they click through to a piece of content what do we know about that yeah has it been manually tagged for example what what do we programmatically know about it mm-hmm. how long should it take you to engage with this content i like so that one who That's is, one who is it actually it. written yeah. for like how hard a read is it what stage of the buyer's journey is it actually designed for etc cetera, etc cetera. what's it really about it's been tagged as this but what what's the content actually say and then we're really looking at how those two models in, interact like that's the engagement model and this is this is really where we're generating success from and what we can then train against mm-hmm. and then we need to look at contextualizing that within the prospect's progression through your funnel so they this is what happened when they were at mql what happened when they were at sales et cetera leads etc. Yeah. et cetera what ultimately got them to closed one what was the content yeah. journey across this and then we can we start to apply
0: that back, mm-hmm. yeah, Same and then, then it's and then then you can start to think of like the pages themselves truly becoming a choose your own adventure book, to where it's like because we know this and this about them, we can adapt the content to not just say new page, but yeah. new pieces of content, Star. new images. Yeah, you know, if we know they're GE, let's put a GE yeah, yeah, logo yeah. around here, it. right? Let's yeah, <laughs> let's preempt this stuff no. and the. You just got it, like you said, the schema, it cannot be rich text and it cannot be just, oh, I got to put content in the content management system. It yeah. has to be, <laughs> unfortunately, it can't be WordPress anymore, nope. right? Let's let that blog engine be a blog engine yeah, yeah, again. Yeah. Yeah. And let's look at true item-based, you know, content management systems that are synchronized with the rest of the systems we use and and you know, aim at that. And then yeah. I see so many potentials for custom search results for businesses that are yeah. driven based off of just certain pages like google does but yep. if we know a content item we know it looks like this particular type we know it fits well in here let's boost the rank and then let's display it
1: differently i fully yeah. agree i think that the my concern is that the implications of that on the Martech stack as it exists here and here here today they're already i mean, i think uh at the serious decisions summit last last year last july i think that kind of 85 percent of of the audience said that they were going to build their own best of breed Martech stacks. and mm-hmm. um, my kind of concern is that i don't see a lot of people doing change management around that the technology is one thing but then it's the change management around the workflow etc what you just outlined has has implications again on the need for that stack to evolve pretty yeah. significantly in very short order So I'm hoping that some smart people will step up to start to think about the change management that's actually required around that to facilitate that change.
0: I think a big piece is the events like this are great, and it's awesome to see MarTech vendors come and be a part of it. But what I want to see is a MarTech conference for MarTech vendors right? and essentially a council that says we have to interrupt. And if this and that is not working anymore, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How can we start to say, okay, let's define schema, let's define things that we can commit to and have be and interject with each other and yeah. so we can make this ecosystem work better. Yeah. And it's gonna take a lot of people to get off their high horses and quit being so uber competitive with everybody, but really sit down and say, It's time to build a better marketing
1: environment. I think that's spot on. I mean, one of the things we see, I mean, there's we've all seen the kind of
0: there's three and a half thousand plus
1: vendors in the MarTech stack. Yeah. Uh, typically, I mean, certainly amongst our customer base, we see the same things over and over again, right? Like the, the, everyone's MarTech stack is uh, broadly looks and feels the same. I mean, yeah. we see the same 20, maybe 30 companies part yeah. of it and solutions as part of it. So what we're starting to do already is to, how do we build closer relationships with that? Because mm. it has to work up and down. We have to work up and down. Yeah. Some of the data that we need is in other systems so how do we go and get it like yeah. we need to put our data back into different systems maybe not just the map maybe not just the crm maybe back into yeah. the display uh, channel so that they actually serve a better ad that they pursue the people that are engaging rather yeah. than pursuing and continuing to spend money on the channel on people that um aren't engaging with the content
0: so I see that as very much. And on it can't us just be a work. snippet of JavaScript. It has to be like has, an open API with yeah, yeah, a seamless yeah. integration and two-way sync, right? And and all these things
1: that make it valuable. Absolutely. And I think the the, the maps to give them credit. I mean, they did. Uh, they've all got there in terms yeah. of opening that up, and but that's only part of it. And I think the the it's on us ourselves and. Uh, than maybe the other partners ones. and vendors absolutely to, to, to jump in out. there
0: and, yeah. and you know and, and help because like we're a site core and a bright cove partner there's right. no reason we can't make a better widget with them together yeah. because it's in our best interest to have it work together and yeah. it's been our best interest of our clients and so having that ecosystem all come
1: together bright cove is a case in point we've had some great discussions with them it makes eminent sense for us to be more tightly integrated it's it's all just a question of prioritization. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, How you, Too many things to do. Which one's higher? Bidyard, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah.
0: Bright Cove, all these other yeah. things. It's like you got to figure it out. Yeah. But it's been great, and I, I want to continue the conversation um, at another point and, and actually sure, go through some of the com- uh, the product because I think it is fascinating and it does fit. definite hole sitting in a black hole sitting in the
1: marketing space i hope so i've got two small children that hope so too so uh, because otherwise they're gonna have to be a lot brighter than they currently are to win college scholarships um yeah
0: awesome well thanks for your time my pleasure cheers thanks for having me